0: Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Today is an important day in in the history of Christ followers. It is an important day for the world to recognize. It's a day that we call Palm Sunday. It's it's a And Palm Sunday is um, a name that was derived from the fact that when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem on this day, that they cut off the palm branches and they laid them in the street along with their coats and they waved them and they sang uh, songs to Jesus. Uh, other times it's referred to as the triumphant entry. That's what my mother liked to call it. And and it's an important day. Here comes Jesus uh, arriving in Jerusalem. He's riding a donkey. He's fulfilling so many prophecies just by being there. The way he's on this donkey, the uh, all of the things that have happened, and and there is absolutely a buzz in the city of Jerusalem. People want to see him. You you see, just a few days prior, about six miles down the road in a little town called Bethany. Jesus had called Lazarus from the dead. Can you imagine how that would spread in that community? They didn't have Twitter or Instagram, but they had the good old fashioned um, talk to your neighbor and tell people about it. And I'm sure that most of that region and definitely all the way to Jerusalem, they heard of all of these powerful miracles, all of these things that Jesus had done. And now they hear that he's coming and they throng the streets they're waiting for him I mean it it is like a parade there they don't want the donkey to even step on the dirt they're throwing their coats so the donkey can walk on it saying all of this and and they're also saying something to him and this is what the bible records that they said I'm going to start in John chapter 12 verses 12 through 13 it says the next day a great multitude had come to the feast, and when they heard Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried, "Hosanna!" Everybody, say Hosanna! Hosanna! Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Now, Hosanna is a beautiful word, and and, and you know we've said it in songs, and 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 we've of course. Um, I've been in some Easter plays, so I've said it in Easter plays. And uh, it's not necessarily one of those words you use on a daily basis, but but it has some very deep meaning. And the meaning is, please save us. So so as Jesus is riding into the city of Jerusalem, they are saying, Hosanna! In other words, save us. Now Now, I think they're looking for salvation on a level that maybe they didn't really understand what Jesus was there for. They were looking for salvation of a warrior, a general, someone that would throw the boot of the Romans off of their neck and let them have the victory that they need. They're looking for someone that can be a, a... a politician a, a leader that would bring the people together so that they could rise in revolt and and really have the victory that they want to have and and and, and they didn't see that in Jesus um, he he was there to save but he he wasn't there to save them from that reason he was there to save them from their sins and and of course because of the disappointment and because of the lack of uh, uh what they thought would be him taking control it's it's uh, just a few days later that this same crowd, many of them are probably a part of the group that are calling for him to be crucified but but they were correct they oh, they were on the right track if they would have only realized who they were calling out to, if they only realized what kind of salvation he had brought that day and and he was there to save he he was there to uh bring them salvation. It just wasn't salvation from the Romans, it was salvation from their sins. Yes. It was eternal salvation. Uh, this this is what he was all about, and I, I know there are some certain scriptures we say, now that's a Christmas scripture, and this is a Easter scripture. I, I, I'm going to use a Christmas scripture, okay? Uh, the Christmas scripture is uh, the angel appears to Joseph and is telling him about this babe and and in Matthew chapter 1, 21, he gives Joseph the name that the babe is to be called. And he says in that scripture, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Yes. So from the beginning, here is what is set for us. We know that this one named Jesus is our salvation. We know that he is the one that came to save us from our sins. And and, and I really would like for us to take today to just consider this name that we hear in Matthew 1.21. The angel is commanding it. Why? Why is this name so important? And the name, while it may have been a common name in that day, it was a name that described in detail the entirety of what Jesus was going to do. The first thing it did is it um, declared his identity. Because the name Jesus actually means God or Jehovah is salvation. And I know that there were other Jesuses in that day. There were some that were even called in the Bible and that was a common name in that day. But there was only one named Jesus who had the power to fulfill what the scripture says and what the name actually meant. You know, there there are common names. We'll probably have a couple of Jameses in this room. We may have a, a couple of Michaels or a couple of Lisas. I, I actually was born in 1962 and the common names in uh, 1962 was Michael and Lisa. Are there any Lisas in the room? Let me see the Lisas. I know there's at least one. Are there any Michaels in the room? I know there's at least one. So, you know, that's that any anytime you get um, around guys our age, and of course, this Lisa and this Michael are much, much younger than I am, you're going to find those names. And each year, it, it goes a little different. And, and um, uh, one year, I think it might be a couple of years ago, um, the common name was Liam. So just get ready. That's just going to be a part of your conversation soon. Liam, 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 Liam. Jesus may have had a common name, But he was no ordinary babe. I'm not going to preach the Christmas story today, but Jesus was a fully human infant. But at the same time, he was God manifest in the flesh. And the Bible tells us in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The writer John said later in that same chapter, John 1 and 14, and the word, this one who was with God, the one who was God, he was made flesh. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And John is saying now, I have a personal eyewitness testimony to give. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when we say Jesus... We're saying a name that really gives us the identity of who he was all about. It declares his identity, but the name also declares his intentions. As I mentioned, Jesus is salvation. So the word salvation tells us what Jesus came to accomplish. He came to save his people from their sins, save us. In other words, keep us safe, sound and to rescue and um, keep us from danger or destruction, and and in my life I have saved people from you know minor injuries or things like that, you know pulled somebody out of the way or just help something minor. I've never had the opportunity to actually save a life, and and, and I've talked to people who who have done that. It's a, a thank God that we have amazing first responders that are willing to. Go out. Thank God for everybody that takes time to train to to prepare to save a life, and yes. and, and and I'm thankful for that. But that that's not what Jesus is saying here, or, or what His word means. His name means it's not a temporary salvation. He's here to save us eternally. Yes. He's here to save us for all times. and And so the question is: If this is His identity and this is His intentions, how is He going to? accomplish this how is this actually going to take place and 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 we know and I'm not going to get into next week's sermon yet you know what it is I mean it's the Christ crucified but today let's just look at what Jesus said in his own words he said in Mark chapter 10 and 45 for the son of man did not come to be saved but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many he's letting us know this is why i'm here this is my purpose and my only purpose my great mission is to save people to be a ransom from people and he even gives us his mission statement in luke 19 and 10 when he said for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost and listen, I have grown up loving all of the stories of the miracles. I, I, I've grown up loving to hear about how he fed the thousands. I, I, don't they just encourage you? I mean, we all have gained strength from those incredible stories of how Jesus healed the lame man or how he uh, healed the ten lepers, how he just over and over again, the stories of how he loved and was full of compassion. And, and while I am thankful for all of those things. Those were not the primary purpose. The primary purpose. Yeah. Was that he could die for us. That, that was it. That's why he came. And he protected that. There, there was a time when, when even his dis- disciples kind of disputed that. And, and he called them devils. Because he was not going to let anything get in between him and the purpose of his life. I just have to tell you, that's why I love the name of Jesus. Thank you for singing that song, Nancy. I just love the name of Jesus. It's just a name that has been a part of my life. It's been a name that I have called in so many different ways. And, And I was thinking about it this week and... Uh, years ago we had this incredible family the Thompson family that had been missionaries in Columbia for decades I think they were there for 45 50 years and had done just an amazing work and they were a part of our church the last few years of their life we provided a retirement for them and a place for them to live and and they were such a blessing and and the wife Molly Thompson was an absolute firecracker. If anybody knows her, she was something else. And her testimonies are legendary. I mean, if any of you are, are from those days and you can remember her getting up, I mean, those testimonies would rattle the roof. She was an amazing lady. And she wrote a little something about the name of Jesus. And I was talking to her daughter, Annette, this week. And and uh, I told her I wanted to use this little poem because it just talks about how precious the name of Jesus is. Now remember, this is a career missionary that that went through so many things to, to take the gospel to Columbia. And not only that, she had many, many tragedies in her family. She had a, a son that was born, didn't think he was going to live, severely deformed. She, she, they went through it. They went through a lot of things and... And this is what she wrote. Jesus, what a name. She said, I have sung it in worship. I have yelled it in revival. I've screamed it in danger. I've shouted it in victory. I've whispered it to the sinner and the sick and the dying. I've crooned it to my children. I've gasped it in pain. I've groaned it in travail. I've murmured it in despair. I've breathed it in panic. I've sobbed it in terror. I've moaned it in sorrow. I've muttered it in failure, whimpered it in self-loathing, whined it in self-pity, welled it in real and in imaginary affronts. I have wept it in repentance. I've laughed it in forgiveness and renewal. I've stammered it in astonishment. I've thought it. When speech was prohibited and scoffing was the order of the day. And she ends it by saying this. And in every tongue of voice known to man. It works. The name of Jesus works. The name of Jesus works. What. A name. What a name. I'd like for us to take a little time and just consider the greatest name in the history of the universe. It is the name of Jesus. Now, I don't say that because of personal preference, although it is my personal preference that it is the greatest name in the universe. I say it according to what the word of God says, because Paul said in the book of Philippians chapter two and nine, therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name So we want to talk about the name that is supreme the name of Jesus holds a supreme position among us there are two reasons for that first of all as I've mentioned it is the most important name of all the names on the earth and 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 really, you know, there are many great names. We we know great names. They come off of our uh, tip of our tongue quickly. You know, names that that of, of people that have accomplished things or influenced. But but you know what I've found? I found? I found that whatever name you can come up with, you you can you can come up with a name to put beside it. You you know you you got your Michael Jordans or your LeBron Jameses. You know they're they're, they're both great and they're both comparable now. I know which side I'm on. I don't. I don't know where y'all are standing today, but I just wonder. As a matter of fact, are, are, who's, who's Team Michael in the room? Anybody? Uh, okay. How about Team LeBron? Hey, we love you, man. We love you. There's just. You just don't. You just can't have one without the other. And as much as we say Michael Jordan is the greatest, we recognize the incredible influence of LeBron James and, and, and the, the way that he has changed the game. Uh, Jane Austen or Agatha Christie, you know, who, who, who do you prefer? I, I, I had a little argument with my kids who are, you know, kind of literary snobs and they're all, they're all Jane Austen, Jane Austen. And i like, oh God, help us. Give me Agatha Christie and those good old mysteries that make you burn the candle late at night. well what about Joe Montana or Tom Brady I'm not gonna ask for a vote on that notice uh, I didn't include any uh, cowboy quarterbacks in that question I mean even reaching back into history you have Napoleon or Alexander the Great Paul McCartney or John Lennon you know we might need to vote on that but we'll wait for another Sunday whitney houston or adele i mean i didn't call for a vote but i'm hearing i'm hearing monet or michelangelo just so y'all think i'm cultured but the truth is it doesn't matter how great somebody is in this world there's a comparison There's somebody that compares, but when it comes to the name of Jesus, there is none that can compare. When it comes to the name of Jesus, there's not another name to write. He is foremost. He is preeminent. He is the most important name because he is the one that can do something for us that no one else can do. And the name of Jesus, I know, has been used to describe that man that walked in the area of Galilee from this age to this age. But really, the name of Jesus is a most inclusive name. Because while he may have died and been crucified and then risen and taken up into the heaven, his influence and work... Is still such a part of my everyday life. He is still everything I need. He said himself when he appeared before John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end, says the Lord. Who is, in other words, I'm still alive, who was, yes, I'm the same one who was back there, and who is to come. I'm going to be here, and he ends up by saying, the Almighty, (laughs) hallelujah. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that Jesus is able to meet whatever need is in any building, on any city, in any country, in any place on the face of the earth. He is able because he is the almighty. My father has been gone now for uh, almost nine years and he had a little poem that he would read. And uh, I loved it how he would talk about the name of Jesus. I don't know the title of it, and and I don't know who the author was, but he would start out just describing Jesus. He said, to the artist, in other words, if you're an artist here, to the artist, he is the fairest of 10,000, the one who is altogether lovely. To the astronomer, he is the light of the world and the bright and morning star. To the, ba- break, to the baker, he is the bread of life. To the banker, he is the hidden treasure. To the builder, he is the solid rock and the chief cornerstone. To the farmer, he is the sower who went forth to sow. To the florist, he is the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon. To the horticulturist, he is the true vine. To the judge, he is the man without fault and the one... In whom there is no guile. To the juror, he is the true and faithful witness. To the jeweler, he is the pearl of great price. To the government, he is the eternal king of kings. To the newspaper man, he is the tidings of great joy. To the philosopher, he is the word made flesh and the truth of God. To the preacher, he is the word of God. To the servant, he is the great master. To the sick, he is the great physician. To the sinners, he is the suffering savior. To the statesman, he is the desire of all nations. To the theologian, he is the author and finisher of our faith to the toiler, he is the giver of rest. Listen now, he was and is and ever shall be friend of the friendless, yeah. lover of the lovers, loveless, yeah. shepherd of the wandering, hope of those who have no hope. Yeah. If I had a hundred tongues and I had a hundred heads, and each of those tongues would speak for a hundred hours and they would only talk about Jesus. I would not come close to exhausting the riches and the greatness of the name of Jesus. Wow. He is our everything. Just say it with me. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. There's just something about that name. There's something about that name. I'm thankful that it's just been a part of my vocabulary and it's not been part of my vocabulary for cursing or for a slang. It's been something that's been dear to me. I'm not saying that I'm innocent of those things, but I'm glad that I hold that name dear and I hold that name true. Dad had this uh, habit when we would leave church. Um, sometime or another between either the church or the restaurant or the restaurant and the way home he would ask me Jim what did I preach about today when you're you're, that sounded like a preacher's kid that answered that question when you're a kid it's hard to pay attention in church But there was one answer that I could always give that I knew would be the right answer. (laughs) Dad, you preached about Jesus. (laughs) You see, he is the answer to every question in life. He is the solution to every problem in life. So I want to say that that name holds a supreme position in all of the names of the earth. That name also holds supreme power when it comes to the names of the earth. It's at the name of Jesus that there is power of salvation. Do you remember what Peter said in Acts chapter 4 and 12? He He's preaching now to all that had gathered around the, the temple. He's preaching to those that were listening. They're amazed at the miracle of the lame man. And, and, the, and the Romans had gathered in. They're listening. And he said in Acts 4 and 12... Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So if you're here this morning and you're looking for a savior, may I recommend to you the one and only Jesus Christ. The one who has come not only to save you, but also to spoil the works of Satan that are alive and trying to destroy you. Paul said it like this in the book of Colossians chapter 2 verses 14 through 15. He canceled the record of charges against us. He canceled it. And sometimes we think about those charges that are coming from the outside. But in truth, if you research what he's saying here, he's saying he's canceled the charges that we put our own signature on. The things that we have done. And he took it away and nailed it to the cross in this way. Listen, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, the one that held the, the offense against you, the one that had it in his hands to charge you. He spoiled it. He destroyed it because he, he cleansed that record so there is nothing there. He, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority and he shamed them publicly By his victory over them on the cross. You see, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to spoil the work of Satan. This is the way Jesus said it. He said it like this The thief comes, the thief does not come except to steal. The thief does not come unless to kill. The thief does not come unless to destroy. But this is Jesus giving us the example of what's going to happen without him. They have come to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he says, but listen, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. In other words, that it can be a greater life than you could have ever imagined that you would live. I think about the contrast there. Satan wants to kill you. Whatever you have, he wants to steal from you. He wants to steal your relationships. He wants to steal your blessings. He wants to steal whatever God has already done in your life. He is here to steal, kill, and to destroy it. That's what he wants to do. And that's actually what he wants to do, not only to individuals, but he constantly is in pursuit of destroying, of killing, of stealing things from churches too. But Jesus has come. He has come that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. I want to just say this, and you've heard me say it before, but please listen. There is a best life that you can live. And it's not a best life that you follow this list of things and you, you self-help. And no, I, I'm not trying to say any of that. And I'm not trying to say it's a rich life or it's a pain-free life. As a matter of fact, many times it's the opposite of that. Well, how can a painful life be your best life? It can be your best life when you're exactly how God created you to live and you're walking in his will. Oh, yes. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but God wants to just infuse me with the purpose of my creation and how he wants me to live and what he wants me to do. And that's when my life becomes abundant. That's when my life is full of blessing. That's why Paul from the dungeons could say, I've learned to be content. That's why Paul from the dungeons of Rome could say, I don't really have need of anything. That's why Paul, when he's wrapped up and uh, taken into prison, he could tell all the rest of us through the ages, his message still echoes. Rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say rejoice because he found that blessed life that God had called him to live. Yeah, that name is at a supreme position. That name has supreme power. It destroys every work of Satan and supplies every need yes. of those that walk according to his will. Yes. Today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day that we celebrate that wonderful triumphant entry. That and if the teams will come up at all of the campuses, today is the day that we just rejoice and think about what it must have been like to stand in that crowd as Jesus comes in. I, I just, I, you know, there's so many great stories about that that moment. You know, there, there's there's these people from from Greece. They're there. Hey, hey, disciples, we 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 need to see Jesus. Everybody's looking to to be a part of this. Everybody's looking to be a part of this party, and and they are singing Hosanna please save us Jesus please save us blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord the King of Israel what well, can I tell you that this morning he may not ride through these doors on a donkey and we may not be able to see that like they did but he is still here today to answer the prayer of hosanna he is here to save and it just starts with you taking a step it starts with you saying i don't want to live like this anymore i want to live for this one i want my life to follow the purpose of jesus christ It's making up your mind. It's the faith that starts that trip to salvation. It's that faith that says it doesn't matter what anybody else says, I believe, I believe. It's followed by just repentance, godly sorrow, repentance, godly sorrow that says, I don't want to stay this way any longer, I don't want to live this way any longer. Pastor, you just don't understand what I've done and you don't understand where I've been and you don't understand my thoughts. And I just tell you this, John, who was maybe the one that had the greatest revelation of who Jesus was even before the crucifixion. He wrote in his first letter, First John chapter 1, nine and 10. "If we confess our sins, if we confess them, I'm not talking about getting the letter out and writing everything down you. You probably have already forgotten some of the sins that you've committed. <laughs> but if we just confess, I know that I'm a sinner. I want you to just listen to what the rest of that verse says. I I know that it's not on the screens and it's not in your notes, but I I felt it so strongly this morning, just a few minutes before church started. It says, if we confess our sins, He, Jesus, He is faithful faithful see the 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 transfer there from sinner to forgiveness is not based on you know if he likes us and 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 if we do it just the right way and if we say the right number of words and it's it's he's the one that is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness Just think about that. He's here to forgive today. He's here. Will you stand with me? All of our campuses will stand. I, I do want to follow that scripture by the next scripture. Because I know from personal experience... There is no one that can justify our wrongs like we can. It is easy for us to find fault in everyone and justify all of our faults. Look, that that doesn't upset God. He just wants you to realize it. And that's why the next verse says... If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. The truth is we're all sinners. The truth is if we confess, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So on this celebration, a Palm Sunday I'm not I'm not for sure how many I'm not for sure how many Sundays it is that Christians have celebrated I don't know if it's 1,984 or I don't know it's been a lot can we still say what they said on that first day Hosanna Hosanna God save me And let my life be pleasing to you hosanna hosanna prayer teams are coming to all of the locations lord i love you so much and i'm so thankful that i know who you are i'm so thankful lord that i have been able to call upon that name I've called on it so many times for physical safety. I've called it so many times for situational peace. I've called it, dear Lord, while dealing with circumstances. But oh, the sweetest moments is when I have called it in repentance. And I have felt your incredible love And compassion towards me. Your faithfulness. How just you are to come and say. I forgive you son. My prayer today dear Lord. Is that there would be. Many many people that their hearts would be crying. Hosanna. Hosanna. And not looking for. A savior for. Some little problem they're going through. We don't want to use Hosanna. like Like a fire alarm. Just. No it's not a magic word it's a it's a prayer of surrender Jesus save me that's what we want today dear lord so i just pray your blessings upon this day thank you for all that you've done you rode into that city on that donkey hearing all the accolades on that day knowing that in just a few short days you would give your life and still you came on and still you went through it because of your love for us Lord as I pray you would stir us and move us in Jesus name amen